I won't spend too much time on this, but another aspect of, of our community. So I, I told you about the personal things that I've had with being hit by an F-150 and then also to the Tesla light show. But we also, we, because we are a charitable organization, we do huge fundraisers for um, natural disasters. We just did one for the Ma the Maui relief. It, it's really cool to, for us to be able to say like, Hey, when we show up, we show out like people, people come. The Tesla takeover, which is now being called the X takeover, right? And what people should be uh, expecting because registration is open now. Hello and welcome to the next great car era. I'm your host, Daniel Martin, and today I'm sitting down with John Stringer and Kelvin G of Tesla Owners of Silicon Valley, or TOSV for short. John founded TOSV in 2018, and Kelvin joined soon after as vice president. Fast forward, and now they run one of the largest and most active clubs. Tesla owner clubs are separate entities, which are onboarded to Tesla's club program, which allows them to use official logos and special Tesla branding and resources. The program has grown to an international scale, and you might even have one in your region. John and Kelvin helped me understand all about the program, how their club grew to one of the largest, and the types of activities they create for you, whether you are an owner or just interested. Past events, like the Tesla takeover, you might have heard of. Or perhaps you follow TOSV on X or listen to their podcast. But did you know they also host meetups, organize charitable events, help new owners learn about their cars, and connect members to shops for the best upgrades. In this episode, we sit down and talk about the history of TOSV, the Tesla Corsa that we all attended at Button Willow Raceway, the new X takeover for 2024, and the larger EV culture as seen from these leaders and all-around nice guys. Before we dive in, please remember to like and subscribe on YouTube, leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts, and follow us on socials. It helps a ton, and I really appreciate it. If you want to participate with the EV Tuners community even more, check out our Patreon page for all sorts of exclusive access. And now with that, enjoy. Cool. So maybe as a as a just a quick lead in, um, could maybe a brief introduction, background, and kind of who, what role you both play with Tesla owners of Silicon Valley. Yeah, so I'm John Stringer, president and founder of Tesla Owners of Silicon Valley. Started the club back in October of 2018. Um, just like most people um, who got their Tesla, uh, bought it, and it um, had a really, I guess you could say, life-changing moment, especially because I was driving 70 miles a day, um, and autopilot completely changed um, you know, my commute altogether, and I wanted to connect with the community, so got on twitter then now x um to engage with elon and the tesla community and found out about um the official program hence why we get to utilize uh we're an official partner to tesla so um found out how to start one and and started it back in 2018 uh with uh kelvin being a day one member and joining our leadership staff uh shortly after it was founded um but yeah, I just wanted to bring the community together and was passionate about technology. And so this was like the perfect, um, it combined both worlds. Yeah, awesome. my name is, yeah, and, and I'm Kelvin G. Uh, I also was an early adopter, actually, probably earlier than John. I actually started driving an EV back in 2011 with a um, Nissan Leaf. So drove oh, cool. that for seven years and then decided that thing died because it had no BMS. 
And so, you know, battery management system. So the the 100 mile range quickly became not a 100 mile range. Mm. And so uh, I I decided to upgrade to uh, Tesla Model 3. Car finally came out in 2018. So picked up uh, that. And I knew I was getting into a club and a community, but I really didn't know uh, what I was really getting into. Uh, The the community is so much more. I mean, um, it's just cool people that you meet, you know, all walks of life, like-minded, right? Focus on the environment, you know, Elon, the mission of Tesla. And so that's really what sold me. And I found out about the club on Twitter uh, back then and uh, joined the first event. And, you know, I was kind of hooked after that. And then uh, an opening was made available for an event manager with the club. So I said, hey, uh, I'll sign up for that. And so I started to help out with, uh, you know, producing the events every month and then a, a leadership opportunity presented itself. And so now I'm the vice president. I run operations and marketing for TOSV. Awesome. So I'd like to talk a little bit more about TOSV, but first I have a question for you, Kelvin. You have a 2018 Model 3? Yes, sir. Chrome delete or no? <laughs> of course. <That's>... Of course. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, I took I took delivery of it. So it's so, so the blue Model Three. Took delivery of it. Thought it was a gorgeous car, but then yeah. slowly, you know, you start to see more blue Model Threes here in the Bay Area, which is of course like Mecca for Tesla. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I decided, oh God, I got to differentiate. So, and then also eventually, as I learned, you know, when you're in a leadership position for the largest, baddest Tesla owners club in, in North America, you, you gotta do something, you know, different with your car. So, um, so I've, I've got PPF on it, uh, stealth PPF. I've got, but first thing I did was upgrade my wheels. And so there's a number of mods on it, uh, mostly cosmetic, but, uh, but you have to, you have to stand out. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. It's fun. Yeah. hundred percent. So- were were both of you guys into cars before kind of Teslas or before EVs or and this was just kind of the next the next logical evolution of your of your interest or was the EV uh, kind of coming on the scene really the something that got you to start paying attention to four wheels? That's a really good question, Dan. John, you, you, you should go first because uh, your answer is probably shorter than mine. Um, okay. Yeah, no. Um, so I, I would say for, for me, uh, grew up. So my first car ever actually was a Subaru 2.5 RS. It was the Integra. Killer. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so I was always into kind of like, you know, Integra's Subarus, like some of that kind of like culture, um, and even S two thousands as far as like following an M threes. So I was always very familiar with like the cars, obviously not necessarily like modifying it or, you know, putting in sway bars and just all that stuff. Sure. Um, but definitely kind of knew, I knew my cars. Um, and really actually it was my wife who told me about Tesla. She was like, especially because of the EV, not only the tax credit, but the carpool lane was a huge aspect of it. Long story short, sure. um, tr- got in the car and, you know, it was just, it was the future. And so for me, definitely not, not a huge car background. Um, but the technology and really um, having a, a car a software on wheels or an iPhone on wheels, as they say, yeah. really just uh, just kind of like brought me 
in full force. And obviously we'll get into Tesla Corsa, but I feel like that was the kind of, not necessarily the climax, but now I feel like I've experienced almost every aspect of what you can do with this car. The track was kind of the last checkbox um, because I have a Model X. So I already have like the suspension and some of the other stuff that already just comes stock on the car. But um, yeah, so that's a little bit, a little bit of background on, on me. Cool. Yeah. For, for you, me, yeah. For me, I was always a car guy. I was the kid with the posters in your bedroom with the white Lamborghini Countach and then yes. the, <laughs> the red Ferrari uh, Testarossa. So, and I, I was an 80s child. So I grew up with, you know, watching Magnum PI uh-huh. and Miami Vice and all the cool cars. So I was always into cars growing up as a kid. And then, you know, my first car wasn't all that. It was just, you know, a commuter car, you know, a Nissan Sentra that my dad bought just so I can commute back and forth from college. But I bought my first BMW when I was 25 years old, and I was pretty proud of that. You know, it was a 325 IS. Yeah. And I really liked BMWs, so I became a BMW file, and, like, uh, I got an X5 when it first came out. Uh had a young family at the time so uh, my wife had a bmw also so we were a bmw family uh through and through um but then you know towards the late 90s early aughts my interest in cars started to wane because they just kind of all came became the same things like nothing interesting right it's basically yeah. the same tech the, the interiors look the same and i just started getting bored of cars until really you know EV started to come out, you know, hence my uh, early adoption of the Nissan Leaf. Um, and, and, you know, driving that, I thought I was driving the Starship Enterprise at the time, right? And it's yeah. like, oh, this is so cool. Uh, but it res- really wasn't until the Tesla, you know, Model 3 came out where I really saw the future, right? With, uh, you know, the mobile app and, you know, autopilot and all that. And so I saw the future of transportation and yeah, it was all over after that. I, I really love that it, you know, I'm often um, telling my view, and, and I think it's a really similar story that we are in right now, what, what I would call the next great car era, hence the podcast name, right? And it's like the 90s, great era for cars, 70s, 80s, some really great original cars came out, the 60s, of course, these are these eras that enthusiasts people look back to. But I really think right now with EVs and the things that are happening from like daily driving to the new types of tech to the safety to performance driving and brand new types of show cars and the modifications, it's this, it's happening right now. And someday we're going to be looking back like, wow, the, 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 the 20 teens and 2020s, that was a pretty cool time. So it's just nice to enjoy it while it's happening. I can agree with you more. Yeah. And actually it's, it's interesting too, if you just, uh, you, you and probably Kelvin are better experts in this space than, than myself, but you know, how will the, even the age of like ice combustion be viewed in the world when you really look at the future of cars 10, 20 years from now, is that going to be like, that was just like a building block to what we will have, or was that seen as more of like, you know, uh, like still it is today where that is the future people still think like i mean you post stuff on um on social media people still think evs are just um (laughs) a complete waste of time so um it'll be interesting 10 20 years like you said when we look back on this time not only during the transition but really 
um, you know, the start of it. Cause like, if you look at um, just transportation in general, right. From like the horse and the wagon to just continuing to go from there, will this just be seen as like the horse and the wagon, or is this going to be seen as, as um, you know, potentially a blip, obviously I think EVs are the future, but um, it'll be really interesting to see how we look back on this time. Yeah, it really will be. I ha- I tend to agree with you. I think that this this is a this is a paradigm shift and um in 20 30 years there will still be some ice cars around but they're going to be like people who race horses, right? That very specific niche of folks um and that's really cool. Cool cars. There's been a lot of technology and innovation around ice cars and that's great, but this EV stuff is pretty interesting and it's brand new. It's a new frontier and that's pretty cool too. That's where I get most excited. Definitely. So let's talk a little bit more about this community. So when I bought my Tesla, I got mine finally in 2022 model three performance. I'd been tracking EVs. Um, and, and I don't mean that like driving on the track, like just watching them, for for years before that, I'd been interested from the performance standpoint, interested from the kind of environmental standpoint, kind of the whole spectrum. So I'd been watching and finally the time came for me that I was able to get one. And as I start looking around online and seeing what's available, I see these Tesla Owners Club. And it was kind of an organic find. But then it's like, well, wait a minute, there's a Tesla Owners Club over here and there's one over there. And what am I looking at here? So maybe as the Tesla owner, Silicon Valley, can you kind of demystify this program a little bit for me? Yeah, I can uh, kick us off. And then Kelvin, if you want to add in or give your perspective. So the the official owner's program is actually, you know, so we're an official partner. We're an independently run organization and not affiliated. And yet, obviously, as you can see on Kelvin's shirt, he we do, if he lifts it up a little bit, we actually get to utilize um, the Tesla T logo. Yeah. So, um, you know, so we're an official partner to them. Um, so it's kind of similar to potentially like, you know, BMW owners of America or the Porsche clubs. It's kind of like got that. Um, but as we know, uh, like Tesla owners are just, they they run a little bit different. Um, they're a lot more um, enthusiastic potentially, just depending on um, kind of like the early days of Apple, just huge fans. And it just kind of comes sure. with a different punch, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, every every club is run independently. So it, there is kind of this umbrella thing of like, uh, we're all kind of partners together, but you know, every uh, club organization, their leadership can run it differently. Some some of them are a little bit, you know, maybe they do a couple events a year. Some of them may not even do any anymore. Hmm. Um, and then there's clubs kind of like unique like us who are just um, doing events every month. And all, also we're really just becoming even more than just, you know, a kind of like, let's say an in-person community. Um, but really, again, the way that the clubs are differentiated is regionally or, you know, within California, there's what, probably like 10 clubs in itself. Um, so it's all broken up, but you go, you go to Europe, it's split up by country. You have a club, of Norway, Spain, France, Austria, and so forth and so on. But that's a little bit about wow. like how they're broken up um, and the good and the bad of like, again, some of these clubs are very dormant. They don't do a whole lot, or, you know, maybe there were original like model S owners from back in 2012, 2013. And, um, potentially even the people that started it have kind of moved on. They're buying lucids now or something else. 
Um, so it really kind of just, it, it kind of sucks because it's like, you know, I think at least for us, I, I take a lot of pride in, and especially a lot of pride in the stuff that Kelvin does and his creativity and running these events. Um, but we, I really felt, feel like we set the gold standard as far as like what a club should be and what it should look like, especially with the events that we put on. Um, but you know, it's a bummer when you have like clubs from other areas, they're like, oh man, like is there something like what you guys are doing in our area? And, you know, depending on where it is, I'll refer them. But the reality is, unfortunately, it's really up to the, the leaders to make it what, what they want it to be or what it should be. That's really interesting. Yeah. And I'll, I'll talk about the people part, right? Cause that's really what makes clubs in the community really fun is you get a bunch of like-minded people together, right? And these, especially here in Silicon Valley, these people tend to be early adopters, right? Forward thinking, mm-hmm. um, you know, tech-centric, and um, they appreciate Teslas for their technology, right? Um, they're not ashamed of it, right? And so uh, that that's fun. When you get people together like that, right? They, we, they're like-minded, they share the same mission in terms of, um, you know, renewable energy and clean energy and all that. Although not everyone's about the environment. A lot of people buy Teslas just because of the performance aspect, which is fine. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Because that's also another commonality that we all have is they're great cars, right? Yeah. They're high performance cars and people like that. So we, we all talk about that. So so many common elements uh, or foundations we can all uh, rally around when we all get together. And so that's really what makes this community great. Uh, actually, John, you've got a great story about um, how the community rallied about, you know, what happened to you and your car when you had that incident and the community came out and really showed you what what the community can do, the power of community when, you know, a particular member you know, has a particular uh, cry for help. So maybe you can share that story. Yeah. And maybe I'll share two stories. So I'll share a personal story of my car getting hit by another F-150. And then also to, I think the light show from the Tesla takeover is a great story as well. Um, But yeah, I think that's the big thing. Uh, I guess, you know, to continue to further answer your question before I get into those stories is, you you know, we're a community of owners, but also advocates. And so in a lot of cases, like there are states, for example, that can't even have Teslas being sold in them. And so a lot of these owners clubs will get involved locally in state legislation and go voice their opinion, like New Mexico, like Texas, like um, Connecticut, you know, some of those Connecticut, Maryland, all those states that have this, like these weird, um, these weird laws that are not again, forward thinking. And they're just really just trying to keep Tesla out. So laws from back in the day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's one of those things where, you know, we're enthusiasts, owners, and advocates. That's kind of like the three pillars. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think especially now with what we have, um, I really, there's there's really a, a heart aspect to this where you just know that this community is so much bigger than yourselves. Uh, because not only it's, it's you know, does this, um, does Tesla bring people together? Does the mission bring people together? Uh, but when you're doing things uh, that are positive, that are, you know, pushing things forward and having an impact, um, you really reflect and you realize, again, this is so much bigger than yourself. So I had a situation. Um, actually, the funny thing is, yeah, so I got my Model X P100D in July, like third or fourth. Yeah, I think I got it July 3rd. 
Nice. Um, like right after the quarter, sorry, backing up. I got it June, like it was like June 30th or something like that. Like the last day of the quarter, um, they were doing a, a bunch of discounts, free lifetime supercharging, all that stuff. Got my car five days later. I'm going to Jack in the Box on Fourth of July. Don't ask me why I'm not barbecuing, but I was going. <laughs> I was going uh, to get to Can't barbecue to, tacos. Yeah, exactly. I was going to get some Jack in the Box with my um, at the time, I guess, five year old son, and uh, we turned out onto like um, a one way road. But you know, people kind of speed in those areas, and so this person, um, I think, uh, was going pretty fast. Um, so I jumped out, but again, you know, accelerated and, um, they got behind me, started tailgating me. They waited for a car to bypass me. They went over the double yellow line and then their F-150 whacked my, P my, my model X. And then, yeah, with my son in the car, Whoa. Um, he just drove off. And then long story short, I, I, you know, yell at my son. I'm like, Hey, are you okay? Are you like, you know, cause it just, it was a big impact. He said, yes, I'm fine. But like my head hurts a little bit or whatever. I finally look up and this guy had taken off. And so what ended up happening is I start speeding. And by the time I'm speeding and starting to go down some like, you know, residential streets, I'm like, all right, this is really dumb. I have it on video. Cause thankfully I, you know, you have literally the 20, the 360 dash cam video going all the time. Yeah. I literally have a camera on wheels so I saved it, uh, immediately called 911 um, and went to Los Gatos PD um, and they took all of the information. Unfortunately, I think, you know, with a lot of this stuff, they didn't it didn't really see like it was a big deal. So I, I at that point, because um, literally all he did was just hand me a card. And then it was like, I'm, I'm like, do you need the video? Like he literally didn't seem to care. And so either way, I was able to send him the video, um, but I took to social media, contacted a bunch of, I tagged a bunch of the um, local news stations in the Bay Area. And I had probably like four or five reporters come out and, you know, a bunch of the community people also retweeting, getting the information out. And I posted the dash cam videos as well. Within about 15 hours, I think all of the news agencies had called Los Gatos PD. What's the status? What's the status? What's the status? And so they're feeling pressure. But then I think, thankfully, there was a good Samaritan who uh, knew this person and turned them in. And they, you know, he got arrested for a misdemeanor, like reckless driving and some of this other stuff. I do think he was intoxicated. But again, it was like they arrested him pretty far after, you know, obviously the event. Yeah. Um, but that's like huge thing there. So just, again, realizing the like the power that comes with, you know, building a community and having a platform and a voice. And then the second thing was uh, we had the Tesla takeover light show, which again was run. So for us, we were probably thinking like we would just do some, like maybe some standard, um, you know, um, light show or whatever, or something, a small pre-programmed. And uh, we, we knew that the Tesla owners of Austria was going going to come um, along with uh, people from the, the Tesla owners of Singapore, a guy named Darren. Um, and they both had put on very large uh, light shows. And so what did they do? They they designed the first ever uh, Cybertruck uh, designed light show with uh, Simon from Tesla Lightshow.io, came from the UK. And they came um, with 400 USB sticks. 
And we had 172 Teslas essentially designed in the Cybertruck formation and then like about 110 of them on the side. So it was 172 altogether. And again, these guys, you know, imagine handing your, your Model 3 performance to someone to go do something and you have absolute trust in them. That's exactly what happened. They came, they traveled halfway across the world to come and, and just put on this amazing community event. And if you um, just go to our YouTube channel and check it out, it's absolutely mind blowing. Um, again, just realizing like the people that were even running it, they don't speak English as their first language. So they're trying to figure out like, okay, what's the German version of like USB stick and like sticking it here. And so it's just like, it just shows how big this community is now. It's no longer just like, you know, a bunch of people in California buying these EVs. It's like, this is a global phenomenon, right? So yeah. um, those two things, like I've, you know, been a personal, personal, one of them was very personal. The second one was obviously more, you know, something like, uh, like our club can really relate to and Kelvin can even obviously speak to because he was there. Um, yeah. But it was just, um, yeah, just really bigger than yourself. Um, yeah. That's how strong the community is. The other thing I'll just throw out, Dan, and you know, some, I think the some of the parts of the world are aware of this, but pre-COVID, because the Tesla community wanted Tesla to survive and be successful, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we would volunteer at you know Envacore delivery events and help with the, uh, you know, the handoff because Tesla didn't have time because you have so many people trying to take delivery of their cars, and so we would volunteer our time on weekends to help. Um, with orientation and helping these new owners understand their cars, right? In terms of how to use it, charging, you know, answer all their questions. And so that was unheard of at the time. Uh, and so, you know, people started criticizing. It's like, oh, it's like last thing Elon needs is free labor. Why are you doing this, right? But <laughs> it, it was all about, you know, helping out and help making sure Tesla is successful. And even post-COVID, you know, even now, now Tesla does the touchless delivery. Um, so they don't really need our help anymore because uh, they have a more efficient um, uh, way of distributing cars. But we have owners who still ask us to this day, hey, does Tesla still need our help? And they'll still go to the service centers or uh, areas and they'll peel off plastic off the cars as they roll off the trucks. So they're that, that passionate about the mission. So it just shows you what the community is about. Yeah, that's really cool. And it's always fun when you get a new toy, you want to be able to get, you know, talked with someone else that enjoys it as well. And so that that's, I'd never heard the story about you folks leaning in to help with deliveries, but I could totally see how that would make people's day to, to be like, you know, have it a little bit explained. And so they don't have to, you know, learn the hard way, like that if you just walk away from the charging port, it closes itself. You don't have right. to just push it. <laughs> Stuff like that. That's cool. And, and to piggyback off of that, that's really what the, the clubs are about. It's really to be like, once you buy your car, where do you go? Who do you talk to? Um, at least it, we're the kind of like that first form of like community that you could get access to. Hey, where should I go get my car wrapped? What type of modification should I do? What type of accessories should I do? Um, and even ultimately, like some of the you're answering some of those questions with EV tuners and and your podcast is is really like even further like so it's not only like hey what type of charging pad should I get for or what what type of uh, desk uh, wedge you know if I want to work in my car what can I buy you're even like kind of like that further niche uh, further up the funnel 
Um, you know, but that's really what the community is, is. And so we, in, in a lot of ways, the way I kind of talk about what our club is, we are the next stop of ownership. Once you buy your car, we can help you out with whatever you need. Like I may not know all the modifications things, but I can point them to people like yourself. We have something locally Zeb centric. Those guys are mod heads too. Yeah. So there's just uh, unplugged performance. So there's just a lot of um, resources that we have because we've been in the community now for about five years that we can just help you out with. That's awesome. So I'd like to talk a little bit more about those some of those bigger events. But before we transition into that, um, what are some of the more smaller events that that you guys do? You know, you you mentioned the monthly sort of get togethers, the volunteering. You know, if if I'm a prospective member, I just got a car and I'm in your area. Um, you know, what could I maybe get involved with? Yeah, I'll speak to that. We do. Uh, we take pride in doing lots of different events. And for us, it's all about the customer experience is making sure our members have a great time at any of our events, whether it's a big event or a small event. And so we'll do um, ride-in drives. So do a route out, uh, plan out a route, right? In, in the wilderness or through a park and uh, we'll meet up at a supercharger and then we'll plan out the route and uh, and then we'll have like a communal event afterwards. Um, so we'll do that. We'll do cars and coffee again, take over supercharger and uh, set out, you know, uh, some car, uh, some coffee and some donuts and, and then just have fun. We'll do a front retreat around holidays, like the Halloween. Cool. We do a holiday uh, toy drive at the end of the year. That's one of our bigger events. Um, but, uh, that's giving back to the community. So we'll, uh, we partner with the Palo Alto fire department and, uh, we raise, uh, what was it? $5,000 worth of toys. No, yeah. the, this past year it was 10. The was first 10? year was yeah. like five. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Congrats. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and in, in return, the fire department blocks off the street for us. And so we'll just have a little block party, right. With just nothing but Tesla's and everyone bring their toys in the frunks and, we have a little contest whoever can decorate their frunk the you know the coolest uh holiday decorations that win a prize so we have fun with it um so those are the types of events we'll do uh we'll do wine tastings also we'll drive to a winery um oh nice so so yeah we had a planned beach cleanup last year um so yeah we try to mix it up and do a diverse type of event uh every month and is it open to anyone or do you have to be within the region? And that's a good question. Uh, so they're all free events. We're, we're a free club, so we don't charge a membership to. So anyone can can join um, our club and we just ask for an email address and then we send out the invite. And uh, in terms of uh, the region, we have people driving all over the place uh, to, to do our events and, and even non-Tesla you know Tesla owners, they'll, they'll find out about our events on some kind of website and public site and they'll just come and that's fine too. Cool. Um, right. It's part of our mission is to, you know, educate the unwashed masses. Right. So, so we, we welcome, you know, EV, uh, ice owners or uh, Tesla enthusiasts who, who aren't owners yet, but, uh, but yeah, we have people who drive all over the, the, the area just come to our events, which is kind of cool. And I mean, yeah, we're, we're one of the bigger clubs too. So we have a lot of cars. So we have, finding space for a lot of cars sometimes is a challenge for us. I bet. 
Yeah. So a lot more of our local events, obviously we're going to draw people more locally, but we have some events like take the Tesla course event. I know we'll get into that a little bit, uh, but there was a person from Salem, Oregon that came down that found out about it. We've had a person, um, I believe her name is uh, Somi. She came down from uh, Vancouver, Canada for a couple of our events. The the um, One of our workshops at Exclusive Motorsports out in... Um, um out in out in like the north bay or east bay um so it's just like you know we have people that will travel and then now that we've we launched um or have been running three years the tesla takeover which is the the biggest tesla community event most likely in the world definitely north america europe um because we run that event like our reach just kind of expands a lot further so it really just depends on what's going on obviously um, the takeover is the one where everyone will come from like Florida. You'll have people from coming, obviously, even across both oceans, the Pacific and Atlantic. Um, but so, again, more of our the events that Kelvin was talking about, the local ones, that's probably more local. But you'll yeah. see people drive down depending on what's going on. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We do this event with a local wrap shop called SS Customs, and uh, we call it Beers, Tacos and Teslas. Because we serve Sold. beer and we serve tacos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've had three already. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that'll be the third annual. Well, yeah. Like, like John said, we have people from LA who will drive up to that. And we had someone from Las Vegas drive out just for that one local event. So, it's kind of, it's kind of blows your mind about, you know, what people will do, uh, how far they will come just to participate in uh, a communal event. That's yeah, really and cool. I will. I won't spend too much time on this, but another aspect of of our community. So I, I told you about the personal things that I've had with being hit by an F-150 and then also to the Tesla light show. But we also, we, because we are a charitable organization, we do huge fundraisers for um, natural disasters. We just did one for the, Ma the Maui relief. Um, specifically, we raised over $6,000. We did one for Hurricane Ida. Um, raise over uh, close to 10 for that. So it's just like, you know, and the Austin freeze over was like something like six or 7,000. So there's a lot that we do to help just, you know, again, we're about the community. We're here to help um, people through difficult situations if if there's something we can do about it. Um, but that, again, is just another aspect of our club and of the community and of the impact that we can we can drive. Sounds great a place to make friends, be impactful, have fun. I'm, uh, I, as you know, that I, I'm going to be in your neck of the woods uh, here in the near future. So I'm looking forward personally to swinging through on some of these events. So it's going to be great. I'd love to have you. So um, one of the, let's, let's switch gears a little bit to one of the events that's already done. So uh, we recently just uh, uh, buttoned up, pun intended, at Button Willow, Tesla Corsa. And, uh, um, so could you tell me a little bit about like how that collaboration went? Cause if, and I might be butchering this, but Tesla Corsa is kind of another organization in and of itself, right? You guys collaborated on this in, in some capacity. Um, but then it was an opportunity for everyone to get out and try tracking their cars, whether they are seasoned or have never set foot on a track before. Yeah, that's right. You want to start John? Yeah, I can, I can start. There's some history here. So this event has been like, I feel like two years in the making. So Tesla Corsa, again, as you know, is it's its own 
um, organization kind of um, unplugged is the one behind it unplugged performance they're down in Hawthorne right next to the design studio the Tesla design studio they put this on that's kind of their their event um, and actually they they do it I think they did an Atlanta event and they're doing he's uh, I know Ben um, he's headed to Austria to do a Tesla course of there so it's it's starting to go global wow. but but long story short, um, I, I know Ben personally from, from the past two years and we've got, uh, became really good friends. They've been huge supporters of the Tesla takeover. And really they're one of those b big companies that's really helping push the mission forward specifically on the performance side with all the stuff that they do with their accessories, but really even Pike's peak, uh, which I don't know if we want to get into, but they do a lot of stuff on, they're kind of like the way I see them is the AMG of Mercedes, but for Tesla, so really just like the the performance enhancement brand that that is really helping push this forward. And so they set up this event. So we've just been talking for a long time about doing a collaboration event with them. The calendars were just pushing it out. And also too, again, they they meet in Bakersfield. We're Silicon Valley. So it's pretty far. But again, given our reach, that's why it was like a actually really a huge um like huge thanks to them that they literally did an exclusive event for us. And the great thing is, you know, I think, you know, kind of pat on our, the back of uh, Kelvin and myself on what we were able to accomplish. It was like the second or third largest attendance that they've ever had. Really? Um, wow. Yeah. So, Nicely you know, done. You know it, it's really cool to, for us to be able to say like, Hey, when we show up, we show out like people, people come. So um, that's a little bit about it, but Kelvin can add even further details. Yeah, so just a little bit more context. So yeah, Unplugged Performance was founded by two gentlemen, um, <clears throat> Ben Schaefer and Avi. And uh, Ben's a great guy. You, you might actually want to invite him for a future podcast, Dan. Um, really, really great member of the community. He's got a really great story too. He used to work on uh, Nissan cars uh, back then and tune them up and race them. So he he, he knows cool. a lot about racing. Yeah. Uh, but once he got his hand on uh, hands on a Tesla, he's same thing, you know, game over. He saw the future of racing and it wasn't ice cars anymore. Mm -hmm. So he used to joke, actually, he didn't joke. He actually told us uh, after this Tesla Corsa event was over that, uh, you know, uh, Dark Helmet, the enhanced uh, model uh, S plaid car that that they've tuned up, um, you know, it, it's a four-door family sedan and it did a 143 uh, uh, lap at, at um, button willow and a purpose-built porsche right which was tuned for racing specifically um it, it and then you know spent a lot more money on, on the car um was you know it was a good what seven seconds slower um so it was yep it was yeah so teslas can can hand out a beat down right uh, in in a very easy way um but anyways he's got a great story the the whole purpose of Tesla Corsa is to introduce um, lay people to track. That's the whole mission. Um, and so they have different levels, introductory level, uh, where yeah, you can sit down with uh, you get partnered with a um, a trainer who will ride shotgun with you, and then they have more at, uh, advanced uh, levels as well. Um, but that's the whole mission and. We've been trying to plan this event for the last two years, and for whatever reason, we just couldn't get the timing right. Um, and so finally, we committed to this event, put it down in the calendar. Um, 
and then we committed to getting you know uh, our members to go there, and and that's the kind of the results you saw. I think about forty four cars right showed out yeah. for it, and that was uh, I think one of the best attended events. So uh, Ben was really happy, and he was he also had the dream of doing that parade lap you know, yeah. towards the end of the day, right? Yep. It's, yeah, he he really his 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 real vision is to try to break the world record. Yeah, you know, having as many Teslas on the track at the same time, and so. Um, yeah, I think, I think someday we'll probably get a hundred cars on, on the, on the track at some point, but that was a good start. And so he was pretty happy and that was, uh, he wanted to get a lot of video, uh, coverage of that, that momentous event. So uh, overall he was, he was pretty pleased and we're editing the footage from that event and get some drone stuff coming from, uh, the video crew. So we'll be sharing that out on, on social pretty soon, but, uh, it was a fun event, which I'm sure you'll agree, Dan. Yeah, it was it was really really fun. I had never been to a Tesla Corsa, and uh, I have I have started getting into to track. So the car is still way faster than me, but I'm learning and really enjoying that. But what was really neat is being on the track with just Teslas because I'm usually in yep. HPDE groups within NASA, and it's a mix of you know Toyota eight sixes or the BRZs. You got Mustangs, you got Beamers. Uh, Porsches. And it's great. Everyone's together having a good time, but uh, maybe one or two Teslas at the entire event weekend. And now here we have 44 Teslas. You're going out with a group of only Teslas. Um, it was really neat and great meeting all sorts of different people. Um, lots of fun. So I'm looking forward to doing it again. And it's the quietest uh, car event you've probably been a part of too, right? Performance <laughs> car event, right? That's right. No earplugs required. Right. Yeah. I'm it curious, was actually... John, on how, how much fun you had because it was your first time yeah. at the track, right? Yeah. Also, I'll make a comment uh, kind of off the joke of uh, what uh, Kelvin was saying. It was so funny. Well, again, it's not, it is not a knock on ice cars per se, but I remember, you know, even growing up as a kid, just, you know, the louder the car would roar, the like the funner it would be. And then now it's like, as I've adapted into this EV space, it's just hearing the, I hate to say it, little Miatas going by. It's just like, it feels like this, this, this loud racket um, versus yeah. When the Teslas are on the road, it's just like, you know, they're ripping and uh, you know, just, just destroying the competition, especially on, on depending on what the cars are, but yeah, it was my first experience. I had never tracked um, a car only had um, had my cleats uh, hung up <laughs> on go-karting and, you know, doing like K one out in the Bay area is a local place out here. So cool. had a ton of fun and, you know um, was able to had a pair of new Michelins on my car um, from the Tesla takeover and so was like really excited to to just come take it out. But yeah, I have a Model X. So you have a family SUV. And, you know, again, I had, you know, I had pretty much had most experiences in a Tesla. The only thing I hadn't done yet was tracking it. Um, but it was so much fun. I mean, especially Button Willow, there's really only one wall that you have to worry about. And so there was actually like um, I did four four sessions uh, there was two times I believe I um, got on the dirt, but even being able to navigate through that was really cool. Um, and yeah, it was just a, a fun experience, especially like this adrenaline rush. And then also too being able to deal with, you know, various scenarios of like the car, you know, overturning or not breaking enough and turning in after the turn and just learning how to like, 
you know, kind of go towards the left side and then weave your way in, but breaking before you get in. So just a lot of that. Um, but I can see how it becomes like a very addictive and you start just like not only tires, you start, especially if I had like a model three, you start going suspension and just like the whole nine yards. Um, but it was a, it was a ton of fun. And you know, the model X, I can say uh, the P 100 D it rips. So I was passing again, this was the beginners class. So don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, I was passing uh, threes and Ys. And at one point I was just like, I, I was hoping this plaid would just get out of the way. So <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. And I was taking, I was, I'm probably one of those, those people, especially like um, I, 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 I go loose when, when I, when I was out there. So I wasn't, I, there, you know, there was nothing that the car could not do after that run, <laughs> after those four runs. So um, other than the cars being in front of you, because I think that's the big difference, obviously with tracking, like you have to be uh, if I if it was only me on the course, then that's a different story. But you have to be mindful of the people that are in front of you. you um, but outside of that, like I definitely felt like I took it. There was definitely breakaways and turns with nobody in front of me. And so, you know, you can just take those however you want. And it was yeah, so it was a super fun course, Button Willow, super fun experience. And now now I feel like. I, I definitely would be a fan um, of trying it or doing it again, especially in a three or why. Um, that was my next question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, unfortunately I think like my next car is going to be a cyber truck. Um, so who knows, maybe my track car is the model X, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I would love to experience, especially driving it. So obviously I know it's not cheap, a cheap uh, <laughs> necessarily a cheap hobby, but I would love if someone ever let me, you know, just take their model three around the track, that would be epic. Um, because those, those cars can just rip, you know, let's go, John. <laughs> let's we'll do, do it. it. Yeah. I'm um, done. yeah, no, for real, let's, let's do it. But, uh, you, one thing that I think is important to underline here about the expense tracking is expensive. There's no, no two ways about it, but just like in maintenance and daily driving a Tesla, it actually is relatively cheaper to track a Tesla than it is another car. You don't have, you really just have tires and brakes. And then when you start getting into it, then you start adding suspension and new brake pads and upgrades and things like that. But that's any car, any car that you do this, you're going to, you get a Mustang or a Beamer, you're going to start wanting to add parts at it, but there's no oil changes. There's even the, uh, the race gas, like, um, I have friends that are driving, you know, Mustangs or, uh, Beamers, they're getting like five miles per gallon on the track <laughs> race. So they go in and they're in, and you do the math of, uh, let's see, button willows three miles around. You're going to go around that. So that's, you know, over half a gallon per time. And that race fuel costs, what, eight bucks a gallon, something like that. When we went to the superchargers, I was topping off and it was like seven bucks every time. So just in fuel costs alone, it's a lot cheaper. Plus, we're not popping engines where uh, race cars usually are getting a new engine. If you're highly competitive, you're probably replacing your engine every year or every two years if you're lucky. Wow which is, you know, five grand plus. So that's kind of another bonus if you're interested in dipping your toes in the in the track yeah. um, with electric is that there's a whole lot less that can go wrong. Yeah, no, clearly. 
Um, but yeah, no, that thanks for that information. I'm glad I glad I learned that. But not surprised that it's definitely cheaper, obviously, in a night um in a Tesla versus the ice cars. But um yeah, it was either way. I think what's cool is that anybody can track. Yeah, that's that. I mean, I'm literally in a family SUV tracking my car. I I have four kids, two boys, two girls, and um and and my wife. But we have six people, and I literally took the car seats out, put it at our booth because <laughs> that's how I prepped for it. I literally just showed nice. up. Thankfully, again, new tires. Um, but and it has a, the adaptive suspension, or it has the uh, you know suspension. It's not the quite the latest adaptive suspension. Um, but I just put it on low and, um, and that's how I kind of prep for it. And, you know, it was a complete blast. And I think that's the, that's also the other thing about, um, Tesla courses that, you know, sure they want, you know, the, the, the mod nuts, you know, the, the track nuts to come out, um, if that's the correct term terminology, but, uh, it's really also meant for, for, for just anybody. And, you know, that, that was the insane thing about it is again, it was my first time, and it was an absolute blast. I'm looking forward to the next one. And there's another big event that I'm looking forward to, um, which is also Tesla, but it's a little bit different than a track day. And that is the Tesla takeover, which is now being called the X takeover, right? We alluded to that a little bit throughout this conversation, but could we maybe focus on that for a little bit now? Talk about what it is and and now what it is going to be and, and what people should be, uh, expecting because registration is open now, right? It is. Yes. Thanks for that plug, Dan. Um, so a little history there. So we did an event back in 2021 where there was a large supercharger opening in fireball right off of highway five. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So it was the grand opening at that time. And so we said, hey, as, as, a, as a club, let's get together with other clubs and let's just meet up and converge there and celebrate the launch of that supercharger. And so that's what we did. So we called it the uh, you know, supercharger takeover, right? Or fireball takeover. Um, and we had several clubs, a Tesla club, SoCal dro drove up from LA and we drove down and uh, East Bay and several other clubs converged also San Joaquin Valley. And it was a really successful event, right? A bunch of clubs, uh, coming together, members, meeting other members from other clubs. We had giveaways. We did uh, a fun video drone shot, um, time-lapse video. And so you know, people brought, you know, their, their trailers and stuff. And so it was just a really fun event. And we said, you know what, this was such a blast. Let's do it again, but do it 10 times bigger. And so that's uh, how the Tesla takeover was born. And so we found a, a central location, which is in San Luis Obispo at the Madonna Inn. And we chose that specifically because it's, uh, you know, midpoint between NorCal and SoCal. So it's uh you know fairly easy to to get to wherever you are in California. Uh, first year was a great event. We had like something like twenty exhibitors, eight hundred people showed up. Um, so that that was a great start. A lot of positive feedback. Um, but everyone knew it was going to get bigger and better, and that's exactly what happened in year two. Year two, we had in excess of uh, what was it, two thousand? John, I can't remember the number, but. Uh, Ooh. which which oh, oh which... sorry second year was 1200 right two. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay yeah year two was 1200 uh 60 plus exhibitors we had a content session we had sandy monroe uh a beer keynote 
Uh, we had other cool YouTubers uh, show up um, and influencers. And so that also was a cool event, uh, uh, just bigger and better. Uh, we had 30 plus uh, show cars, customized Teslas. Uh, we had a, uh, a contest for the best uh, customized Tesla. We also had a showcase for cars, other cool cars that didn't want to participate in a contest. Uh, they just want to show off the cool wrap. And so we had another set of 30 cars there. Um, so that was the second annual. And then we just finished in July, our third annual Tesla takeover, which is the biggest and baddest of them all. We had a uh, uh, crazy number. What was it? A final number we've said 2000? 2000? Yeah, it was like 2200 when you include kids. Yeah. We sold about like 1800 and 1850 adult tickets. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But that's it. That number doesn't include um, all the staff and the, all the exhibitors and their staff and then children. And there were a lot of kids there. So, uh, so we, yeah, I was about 2,200 all in. Uh, so that was just an eye opener. And that the feedback from that event, it was, was pretty obscene. It was uh, people use the word magical, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, the people's minds were blown like they, they couldn't realize they couldn't fathom how big the event was so basically uh friday night we had a uh two pre-events we had a, a central coast ride and drive so we had over 100 cars just show up to participate in the ride and drive just a, a scenic drive up the coast highway one and then up into the mountains um we had a, a pulled off to uh to the side of the road just appreciate this this a million dollar view um so that was awesome and if that wasn't enough then at 9 p.m we had uh the uh light show the tesla synchronized light show which john talked about and so again we had uh 172 cars uh in the formation form of uh in the pattern of a cyber truck and that was all managed by the tesla club austria guys and the, uh darren from singapore and then um uh, light show io guy from uh simon from uh, Light show io came from the uk so so that was a really cool event um all synchronized to the same music um uh i've got a feeling from the black ips right and um and nice. uh, final countdown was the other song so so you'll see the video um it's pretty epic i've never been done before and people's minds were blown so that was just the pre-event and so Saturday was day one. Again, that's when the uh, actual show opened. So over 60 exhibitors, we had a camping expo. So we had, people love to camp in their Teslas, right? So sure. one, of the people, one of the things people asked us was for uh, a uh, an expo for, for camping. So we had um, the light ship, which was a purpose-built RV there. We had a cyberlander uh we had camp stream we had a bunch of cool accessories for the camping so that was uh the exhibitor we had uh, um sandy monroe come back we had um kim java we had ross gerber gary black so all the youtubers all the who's who youtubers and influencers yeah two bit defenci out of spec all of those guys like all the the heavy hitters in the space amazing yeah. Yeah. So that was day one. Um, <laughs> and, then, you know, and then you talk about the, the, the 30 plus, uh, you know, customized Teslas. Uh, uh, so one guy who drove from Las Vegas, uh, he, he actually ended up winning the, the best of show for his Tesla. So it was 
uh you have to see to believe it dan it was just wicked it was just he had done so much to his car it was it's hard to describe until you actually see it pictures of it just uh, worse just i think it's called like one sexy y or something (laughs) it's uh it's basically like a lowrider um but it's been totally pimped out oh it has the pinstripe paint right Yeah. yeah I have, uh, I've seen that one. That's yeah. a great car. Yeah. Yep. See, I know handles better than names at this point. You're like John. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell me your name. Tell me your handle. Yes. <laughs> so we also had a showcase, the EV showcase. We had other EVs. So it wasn't just all Teslas. Um, so we had a couple of Rivians there or our R1Ts and uh, Rivian actually sent to R1S uh, there. Oh, cool. So uh, that was really cool. We had a couple of Lucids. We had some original Roadsters, uh, Tesla Roadsters, and uh, Ford F-150 Lightning. Um, the parking lot, um, which isn't really an attraction, but actually it kind of was this year because it looked like a Tesla delivery center. If you look at our, <laughs> our parking lot, it was insane. We had over 800 Teslas uh, in our parking lot uh, of every color so it, it was it was kind of fun to see the parking lot actually um we had, we had food trucks um and then uh we had uh because it's a family friendly event we had um a kid zone so you know slides and uh, bounce houses and all that so um that was that was really cool um and then we had ev uh experiences so we had uh, a lot of e-bikes uh, there's e-bikes for kids we had arcamoto we had um the australian adventure bike uh company upco to uh, e-bike uh, demos so so we had an experiential part and then for the performance enthusiasts we just talked about um uh tesla corsa but holly was up uh, our sponsor and they put on a, a performance aspect of it um, okay. so they rented out a private airstrip about 15 minutes away and uh, for free, you can basically sign up and as an add-on, you can participate in uh, the performance aspect. So they call it the Holly high voltage experience and you can do uh, drag racing. There's a slot course. And so, um, so for people who really enjoy doing that, there's uh, a part of the event that you can, can do that. So that was day one. Day two was really um, May must. So May Musk is uh, the mom of Elon Musk and uh, she came and uh, she did a book signing. We had like a line of people, seven people uh, waiting, you know, 20, 30 minutes in advance uh, just to get uh, to, to meet her, get her, uh, her book signed. And then we had a nice chit chat, which was a you know standing room only keynote where we interviewed uh, May and she talked about her life. Um, how she got started as a supermodel and as a dietitian and how she raised three uh overachievers let's say mm-hmm. and uh yeah that that was there's a really well received keynote so but that was um did you uh mind blowing hit on holly high voltage experience yeah and i did talk about that yeah <laughs> there's a lot um but it's kind of like if you've been to you know electrify expos doing a lot of events but they're they're kind of more um, like ours is <clears throat> our events tailored more to like someone who probably, you know, it's open to the, you know, if you just got your Tesla, yes, we're open to a lot of those newcomers, but it's also to the people that just want to kind of like 
it's almost like a little Tesla con, if you know, like a comic con, like you can come there, you can listen to the who's who's you can, you can buy accessories. You can connect with a lot of people that, you know, on X and social media. That's like one thing. It's like crazy. It's just like a huge collaboration of like people from all over the world coming together. Um, but yeah, huge shout out to, to, to Kelvin, um, for taking like a small idea that we had. We're like, Hey, let's just make this fireball takeover even bigger. I think it was March, 2021 coming out of COVID and he's really yeah. just taken it to the next level where, um, it really is, it, it, again, it's, it, it's, um, it's a lot more than like an electrify expo, right? It's, it's just different. Um, it's like kind of like further niche up the funnel. Um, but really it's still open to everybody. Um, and so I don't, I don't know if that was a good example, Kelvin, you should keep me honest here, but, um, no, it's fine. Um, one other shout out, uh, Aptera brought their, their gamma vehicle. Oh, and neat. So, yeah. And that's not a vehicle that a lot of the public has seen. And so that was, that was, uh, kind of an exclusive. And so, uh, they, they brought their gamma vehicle. Um, you can actually sit in it. I was really surprised. They allow people to, to actually sit in it. And then their CEO came and we interviewed him on our main stage. And so that was really cool to give uh, a, a sneak peek of what's to come. You know, the world's most efficient EV, right? Solar powered, theoretically, you never need, even need to charge it because it just charges itself via the sun. Um, and then we had um, this guy who created, he had a Model 3. He basically converted into a cyber car. So you think about the the, the design, the, the the vector design of a Cybertruck, where he basically yeah. created his version of a Cybercar using a Model 3 chassis. And so he brought that. It, was, it wasn't a finished product by any stretch of imagination, but um, he brought it anyways. And so it was just pretty cool to, to, to see something like that. I love all of that creativity and seeing what, what people do, um, making it their own and, and experimenting. Yeah. So... There was a shift here. It sounds like Tesla takeover. It was Fireball takeover, and then it was Tesla takeover, and now it's X takeover. And and it seems you kind of mentioned that now there's some Rivians, there's Aptera, there's. It's almost like to use your your analogy, John. It's almost like the 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 mouth of the funnel is widening a little bit um, for other types, not just Tesla owners now, but there's there's now more going on. Is that a correct estimation? Am I kind of picking up, connecting the dots, right? Or yeah, and um, really, I mean, there's there's kind of two things that go into this, right? Is um, I think the first thing is is that I think it's something that that's it's important to mention is that um, Tesla takeover, um, you know, uh, was obviously an idea. It was something that had kind of previously been done. Um, there was an issue where we did not own the domain. And so I think there is an aspect of like when we were trying to kind of build up the dom build up the brand, build up the event, we ran into a situation where, you know, we weren't going to be able to take the domain. So I think for us, couldn't take it that over kind huh? of, huh? Couldn't take it over. Yeah, exa exactly. So <laughs> we, uh, we really, you know, we, I think we, the, the, the crazy thing about all of this, right. Is that you start something and then you realize it's something completely different. And what that was, was people like you don't get involved into the really the Tesla community or even the EV community uh, without potentially, you know, probably more specifically the Tesla community without also dabbling in SpaceX, because it's very similar journeys. The companies were started kind of around the same time, both went through similar bankruptcy stories. 
And so really, um, that's kind of why we were like, everyone just kept asking about uh, space and all that other stuff. And really, again, stepping back, uh, maybe I overstepped there, it was X, the essence of X means everything. And so it's not the app. It's not associated with the app. It's literally just, it means everything. And so for us, like the, the super modified section can now become all EVs, right? We'll just have like three or four um, specific um, things that you need to have modified on your EV to be a part of it. But yeah, it really does open up into exclusivity of all EVs. Um, you know, it's still going to be the majority of the focus, obviously still going to be Tesla focused. Um, but also too, we're going to be adding that aspect of SpaceX this upcoming year. So if you think about it too, there's not really, um, a space con. And so for us, like, I think we're, we're almost, you know, kind of on pioneering the Tesla con world and the space con world in, in some ways. Um, so next year, it's definitely going to be obviously very focused on, you know, Tesla's and EVs, um, but there's going to be an aspect of space um, that's going to be there. And that's still kind of being worked out on like what that will look like um, as this is the its first year. But um, yeah, I'll throw it to Kelvin for, for anything else. Yeah. And no, I think you nailed it on the head, but um, we can't, talk about names yet but we're really really bullish about some of the uh the speakers we have lined up for next year's event um you know people were, were kind of blown away that we were able to get uh, may must to come to our event and uh you know the bar's been raised and set and we're not going to disappoint so that's all i'm going to say right on so in the show notes here, folks, you'll see the uh, you'll see the link to sign up, and and it's open already. I was I was actually asking you, Kelvin, about when when does it get opened, and and it's it's open now. So I'm excited. It'll be my first year, uh, but good timing because I actually love space stuff too. So it, it's like cars, space. <laughs> what what more uh, could you ask for? I, I guess tacos, but there's going to be taco trucks. There there will be. <laughs> We had some mean food trucks and a taco truck as well. So you can enjoy yourself, Dan. Awesome. So I know we need to to wrap up here. I thank you guys so much for for all of this time and diving into this. But maybe uh, one last question for each of you from your sort of perspective and being involved with the community so much. What's your best advice for someone who's interested in EVs, maybe wants to make the jump into it, but isn't sure or uh, or maybe just became an EV owner, but is looking to become more in, integrated in the community. What do you typically tell folks? Kelvin, you want to start? Or you want me to? Yeah, and I'll start. So for for that first group, um, you know, and and I I got someone, my, a member of my family who's kind of in that boat right now, right? Look, uh, looking to trade in um, their their hybrid SUV and go, you know. Uh, all into EVs. So best advice is, you know, do your homework, understand uh, range is king, and, uh, but also understand that um, if you really want to drive your car somewhere, you really have to look at the, the the charging experience. And right now the supercharger network is second to none. And so, yeah, yeah there's other uh, manufacturers that sign on to partner with, with Tesla to, to leverage the supercharger network, but none of those uh, none of the charging equipment will be installed into the cars until 2025 at the earliest. So if you're really looking at buying an EV now or, or leasing and you want to actually take it on a road trip somewhere, you really have to look at Tesla as your only choice. So that's that's my one um, shout out there. In terms of the second group, um, 
It's just it's just understanding that you're part of this adventure. Like like you said, Dan, earlier in this podcast, this is uh, probably a once in a lifetime, once in a generation transition right now that we're going through. It's a really really exciting time, and to join the community and to be to participate in this. Uh, this unique transition that we're in right now. And so there's other like-minded people, just like you, if you've just bought a, an EV or a Tesla and to sign up to, with your a local community, a local club, because um, it's a lot of fun to just talk and meet with other people. I've met a lot of lifelong friends who I wouldn't have met otherwise if I had not signed up with uh, the Tesla Owners Club. Stop so, talking so about talk. me, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yeah, be bashful now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except this fool here on this podcast. <laughs> How about you, John? Uh, yeah, I would uh I would double down on pretty much everything Kelvin said. I think um probably the the things that I would add is is just getting involved in the community. Um, kind of similar, like why would people find EB tuners? It's right. It's just like, it's, it's the same thing. Just get involved in the community, search the forums, find the, find the right things. I think if you're buying it specifically a Tesla, you, the Tesla owners program is a great one. Look up Tesla owners and type in the name of your city, the name of your state, whatever you'll find something. Um, same thing with EV owners. I think it's just, just get involved. Um, I think, Overall, um, at this point, I think the biggest, the, maybe the two biggest issues with people why they adopt uh, potentially a Tesla or an EV is, is range and then potentially cost. Um, but the cost, so on the second one, the cost is really just it's it's a non-factor at this point, especially with the way. Um, you, you, Dan, you're also in California. I mean, you can be um, in San Joaquin Valley and get a Tesla for nineteen thousand dollars with incentives. Um, you know, there's a couple of websites out there that you can literally go in and just check the costs. Teslas are no longer, you know, the expensive car anymore. I mean, the, the cost per mile over a five-year period is now cheaper than a Toyota Corolla. Um, it is that cheap to go buy a car. So there it's actually, it's a little bit more upfront, but long-term, if you're into, you know, looking at the full picture, you'll be fine. And then the second thing is, yeah, it's, it's really just the charging experience. So if you're looking, depending on what brand you're looking at, you know, again, check the forums, what are people saying? And really it comes to down to your commute. If you're just doing local commutes around like 95% of your stuff, your, your gas station is your house. You charge every night. It's not a big deal, but if you're going to be in one of those situations, like for me, um, if my wife needed to take a road trip, like there's been a couple of times I've flown into San Diego to visit family and she had to take the car down, uh, or our Tesla, like, um, unfortunately I can't, it's hard for me to recommend some of the other brands, uh, knowing that she could get to an electrify America station or some of these other stations and not have, um, a place to charge again. She's not, a she's not, um, as well versed in the charging apps and things like that. She just needs something type in an address and just go. And that's what you kind of get with the Tesla experience. So really, again, it's about just educating yourself a little bit, uh, getting rid of the nomenclatures, like price is not an issue. It's a non-factor at this point. Um, the continue the cost of it should continue to go down over time. Just like TVs, the 4k TVs were super expensive. Oh, yeah. and now you can get one for like 500 bucks from Best Buy. Um, so it's, it's, it's one of those things where, um, and then again, range anxiety, it's just, it's similar to your car, 
right? When you're driving to Lake Tahoe and you're going up the, those hills, obviously, you know, if you're getting 25 miles a gallon on the highway, you're probably going to be getting 18 or 19. It's all, all the same thing, right? It's, it's, uh, it's just about getting familiar, uh, with your car, um, and getting familiar with, you know, what it says. Cause even sometimes, um, I actually don't listen to this, the supercharger where it's telling me to stop because I know at what percent, what my car can do. Like I, Kelvin and I, we drove back up from Tesla Corsa and I got into Bakersfield, uh, with two miles and it was telling me to stop at Kettleman city before charge for like five minutes, but I knew it could make it. So it's just like, you know, I took, took that risk. Um, but yeah, so it's just one of those things where, you know, get involved in your local community, also educate yourself, like, cause the, you know, the range anxiety and the, um, the expense of it are really not kind of becoming less and less of a non-factor. Again, it kind of depends on what brand you're going to buy. Uh, but there's never been a better time to buy an EV. Um, it's really exciting for, for what these cars are going to do. So get out there and have fun. And there's lots of opportunities. Yeah. To and do track so. your car too. Heck yeah. <laughs> Modify it. <laughs> Doesn't matter what you drive, what you brought. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you both gentlemen uh, so much for taking the time. I learned a ton. It's uh, great connecting with you and we'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks great. for having us. Yeah, it was fun.